Hey everybody, welcome back to the GP, the Generators Podcast with Trent McClellan. I hope you had a fantastic week and that uh, things are going well for you, huh? I'm recording this thing tonight, this introduction anyway, on a Thursday evening here in Halifax and uh, taped a couple sketches today on the show on 22 and I record a couple tomorrow morning. And then the weekend's off, but I'm like, you know what? I got some time. Why don't I get this done now? And then it's uh, it's finished, and I can just uh, enjoy the weekend. Um, what's going on? Canada, we had our election, and I understand that some people out there are not very happy with the results. And there's quite a bit of hate going around online. West wants to break away, and... Uh, you know, the West hates Newfoundland because they didn't vote the way they wanted them to vote. And I'm just like, people, I, I think we need to sometimes sit back and realize, you know, ultimately it's all on you as an individual. I, I really truly believe that. It's a philosophy that I kind of adopted a bunch of years ago. It's kind of like where I am in my life is on me. Like I have to, if I'm not happy with my situation, I have to change it. It's on me. It's like I can't really look to anyone else to do it. It's just it's just the way life works, you know? And I feel like I feel like part of what makes Canada Canada is that, you know, we are a big nation. It's it's there's a lot of people in a lot of who have a lot of different jobs, um, who live in, you know, small towns and big cities and involved in many different industries. And it's it is hard to to please everybody and for everyone to feel like their needs are being heard. And I understand there's a lot of frustrated people out there and they're not happy with the way things have gone over the last bunch of years and their industry may be hard hit. And I totally understand that. Um, but I don't think the hate is the way to go. I don't think it's going to solve anything. And so uh, I really don't want to see what's been going on south of the border kind of creep up here into into Canada. I think I think we can be above that. And I think right now... People need to kind of reset a little bit, um, think a little bit and slow down and kind of look at the bigger picture. And uh, hopefully cooler heads will prevail. But there is some ugly stuff out there right now. And I just think it's there's some stuff there that's been written and said. And I think maybe some folks are going to want to look at their uh, their social media in a year and go like, wow, I don't know if I still believe that or how proud I am of that comment or that statement or that rant you know so um i get it when people are in pain and they're extremely disappointed they lash out and they want to make somebody accountable and they want to they want someone to feel the pain that they're feeling and uh as i've said before man you either process pain or you pass it on there's only two options so i think it's time for some people to kind of sit back and uh and uh and just kind of process stuff a little bit before they start lashing out at other people and blaming other people, I think. I don't think that's the answer. And uh, I think there's a way in which we can all be in this country and still feel like our needs are being met and, and have the life we want. And uh, so hopefully, as I said, cooler heads will prevail. So, uh, well, that's out of the way. But um, what's going on with me? We're working hard here at 22. I think we're already starting on show seven already. And... Uh, you know, we're almost into November. Wow, it's amazing. Again, how fast time is flying by here. And I know I sound old when I say that. I totally understand that. But I do really feel like 
it is just every year it just seems to move faster and faster. But uh, it is what it is. You have to be in the moment and accept that uh, where you are. That's that's an important thing to do. Um, so yeah, that's been going on, and um, I got offered to to uh, hop on a Just for Laughs stand up comedy tour on the East Coast here, but it uh, coincided with my work on Twenty Two, and I just didn't feel like you know that was a great time to kind of ask for time off and uh, and go do the tour. It would have been a lot of fun because it's a killer lineup with um, Ivan Decker and Ali Hassan and uh, Rick Mercer as the host. And uh, it would have been an amazing time, but it just it just wasn't something I could justify doing, so I, I didn't do that. But um, it uh, it's great. I think Sophie Buttle is, is filled in. She's a killer comic. She'll do a great job. And, um, yeah, but uh, it is what it is. That's the way it works sometimes. You know, it rains, it pours, and you, you're grateful for have the, have the work that you do have. So I decided to that uh it wasn't a time for me to step away you know after having a bunch of months off so i i just stay with that but uh yeah it is what it is Alrighty, let us set up part two of the mace Coloni uh conversation uh great feedback from everybody about part one i thought i knew you you folks would enjoy it and we had a great time and i think that comes across in the interview and um in uh, part two here we talk a little bit more about stand up and about you know goals and, and what we want to accomplish and uh just kind of yeah just go deep it was like a, it was just one of the most um free-flowing conversations i've had with someone in a long time whether it's on the podcast or not so i was really grateful to to mace to just being as uh, open and vulnerable as he was it was uh it always makes for the best conversation so i hope you uh whatever you're doing right now if you're on a treadmill if you're just out there uh doing some errands at your house if you're out for a stroll if you're out for a drive uh, I hope you enjoy uh, part two of my conversation with Mace Galoni. So, so you said a decade for you, and you grew up in Hamilton, right? Yep. Uh, born and raised there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was your family life like? What was going on in the, in the Galoni household when you were when you were a kid? Uh, I mean, pretty regular. Like, uh, well, I don't know. My... Uh, my mom is just like uh, we live out in the country in Hamilton. It's like on the outskirts. It's this little town called Binbrook, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. That glare was crazy. There's a, a glare in Mace's <laughs> eyes there. The poor man was blinded, so I uh, I turned the sun off. I have that ability. <laughs> I have a button yeah, here impressive. just next to my chair. It's called the sun button. <laughs> and I can crank it up, or I can turn it way down. Yeah. I've turned the sun down. You're welcome, Mace. Well, I think, Trent, you should really use that to curb global warming. Well, I uh, use it for vanity more so. Oh, okay. I like to just uh, show off with it if I can. And uh, <laughs> Would you like more sun, Mace? <laughs> just crank it up. Trent's got a sun button. What? <laughs> yeah, he controls the sun. <laughs> Uh, sorry. So you live out. Sorry, apologize. Yeah, no, you no. You live no. out in the country. Out in the country. Out, so outside of Hamilton, is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like the outskirts is still technically Hamilton, okay. but uh, and my mom is like, uh, like we have just like a huge animal lover. We have like nine cats, and uh, we had like a pet goose, a pet Canadian goose at one point. Okay. Uh, All and, right. Yeah, and then, but I, it's like I'm really close with my family. I have. Uh, two older sisters and then my oldest sister as a kid and my nephew is the best. And so when I go home, Oh yeah. Another thing is that my mom, the house we grew up in, 
uh, my mom bought the property right beside it, and then my sister bought the house we grew up in. Wow. So now they live next door. This so is when a baloney compound, is what you're saying. It's very compound. We talking like. gated? We talking sun buttons? <laughs> it's you not gated. You got sun buttons in this we thing? We have no sun buttons. Okay. Occasional uh, sacrifice. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's not a cult, but it is like there's just my mom's house is like shrouded in trees. It's like it, they it's like in the forest. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds cool. It's cool. I love going back there and just yeah. like getting to when I go. That's the thing that was nice this summer of like just going home and just there all around all the time. My whole family's there, and that's right. pretty sweet. Which is hard to do these days, right? Like people are having a hard time reconnecting with family because people are so everyone's got. Especially if people have kids, it's like, well, the kids have this, the kids have that. Like just the days of just texting someone the day of. And being like, hey, you want to meet for, co-? like, that shit is gone. Like, yeah. now you got to schedule everything. Like, okay, like, yeah. it's Saturday, 4 o'clock. I got to, the kids got to go to swimming. And then we get the thing, like, oh, that's yeah. what my life is like with my friends. It's like, there's no very hard to just, on the day of, like, hey, what's up? You want to do whatever? Like, because oh, yeah. I think we live in a bubble here. Like, at 22, it's like, we're all living here in Halifax for the six months. And so, for the most part, we're all kind of mm-hmm. just, and we all live literally like yards from one another. Yeah. So, you can text someone on the day. Usually, they're okay. But, like, in the real world, mm-hmm. I've realized that, like, it is hard to connect with people. So, the fact that you have family all just tight in that little area is pretty cool. For sure. I mean, it's, it, that is something I didn't even really realize until now is like the, because in comedy too, it's nice that when you're starting out, most of your friends, I feel like, are comedians. And then you're seeing each other every night. Yeah, basically. And so I have like a group of friends from high school and uh, they're like my best friends. And when I'm in Hamilton, we hang out literally every single day. Oh, that's so cool. And they'll come over and like sleep over and stuff like that. We'll just like play video games till four in the morning. But I and it doesn't feel weird. It feels weird to me that some people don't hang out every day with their friends. But I am just realizing now that that's probably because I'm used to like comedy and you like are just meeting with your friends every single night. Yeah. You're going You've to the same at a, shows. At a show, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it is a very Peter Pan lifestyle. Yeah. I I was thinking about that that I feel like like because uh, before twenty two minutes, I the only job I've had is stand up comedy. And I was briefly a magician for a while. All right. Was that the Mason Geller years? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Abracadabra. Was... I'm now Mace Galoni. <laughs> he turned himself into someone brand new. <laughs> Bring back Geller. <laughs> He's gone. What? That's how magic works sometimes. It's irreversible. <laughs> Yeah, so I haven't. Uh, you, like, so you've never like, had a real job. No, this like, is you've the never closest. had a job at a McDonald's as a waiter. No. Block, but really? Yeah, dude. So this is the closest thing I've had to a real job, and so I feel a bit like twenty-two minutes is paying me to become an adult. Every, <laughs> like just a little bit. Like I'm learning to cook. So how old are you now? I'm twenty-five. Twenty-five. So this is the first time you've had a boss. Yeah. Like up to this point, because stand comedians generally, I mean, yeah, you have someone who's paying you, but like. Technically, you're an artist who's for hire. Yeah. This is the first time you've had to answer to someone. Like, you're like, oh, okay, we got to come in at two? Yeah. And that's, you, that's <laughs> solid, yeah? Yeah. That's a hard two? 
you, like so i have to be like there'll be consequences if i'm not here is what you're saying yeah are you sure someone else can't just like start get the, get everybody warmed up get, like, get them going like, i blow into later. a guest writing thing yeah. for 10 minutes i blow out again like <laughs> but if i'm not feeling it that's cool right like if i'm feeling a little off like no no we need you here at two o'clock like and come up with new jokes you can't yeah, yeah. roll in and do stuff that worked we also don't even want you to do what you want to do we need you to do what <laughs> we and isn't that the essence of having a job i need you to do what i need you to do yeah. you don't get to come in and do what you want to do it's like you know like for the most part like not that you don't get to write your own sketches but sometimes no it's no like, you hey, right, like take a focus and go after this thing for or sure um so that's really interesting dude that you this would have been your first job what an amazing first job to have like i'm a writer for an iconic television <laughs> show like first job oh man i i feel so lucky about it and then all, like it's like it's lucky as is but then it just everybody is so nice and it's like it just it genuinely feels like a fun place to work like a, a yeah. it's like heartwarming I everybody know. just it's like a, it is yeah i'm it's crazy it is lucky. it is like it's some of the best people in the world that work on the show and like you know like trish is trish is our script supervisor on our show and like every year cuz most of us are you know were planted from other cities yeah. and stuff. And so she invites anyone who's there who's from away to her house for Thanksgiving dinner. Like, yeah. and all the spoils, like, here we go. Everyone's invited. It's oh. insane. Like, she it's a gave lot out leftovers. Like, she's packing up Tupperware. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand that you guys are, don't live here full time. And so I would like you to feel like you have a home to go to on thanks. It's like, where yeah. am I right now? Like, what's happening? Yeah. You know? Okay, so you're living uh, on the on the outskirts of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. What role did comedy play in your, like, childhood? Like, when did it become... Walk me to how you got to the stage for the first time. What what was that? What was your life like leading to that point? Well, uh, I... Well, yeah. Okay, so, like... It actually does start with magic. <laughs> I hate... Doesn't everything nice? <laughs> yeah. You name something that didn't start with some magic boy and I'll eat my hat. <laughs> Mace Galoni. If you don't have a special that's called Mace Galoni, it all starts with magic. I will jump off my patio. You seriously have to. That, that has to be. If you write a book, that's... for sure it all starts with magic. Who's, who's not opening that sucker up? You're walking by at the bookstore. You're like, it all starts with magic. I got to turn this thing. I got to turn the cover over here. Who's this by Mace Galoni? Mace that Galoni like and the foreword is by Mason Geller? <laughs> who, who is Mason Geller? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I like... Uh, when I was 12, I got into really into magic. Kind of all of a sudden, I was a very shy uh, kid. Like, just lit- like did not talk to anybody. Mm. And but like somehow became uh, not somehow. My friend showed me a trick, and then I started like reading books about magic and stuff, and like practicing all the time. But I didn't want to ever perform it. And then my dad was kind of like, like he kept wanting to show me off to his friends, like show them that trick. Or and I was terrified. And then he was like. You know that like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but like it's just that com- being comfortable with that is another skill you can learn. Right. Like as much as you practice your tricks, like that's just something that'll develop over time if you do it enough. And so I, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a magician, and then was like so committed to that. But then uh, when I was 15, I like uh, I started I, I, like trying to write jokes for. 
um my like my act and that was just way more fun and then i started watching stand-ups and the first one was george carlin the bit about uh airplanes it's like the the uh it's like an eight minute chunk he did about airplane announcements and I, I just like was so obsessed with it and I showed it to everyone in my family and then started to like toy with the idea of like oh I think I'll I think this is maybe what I should do wow it's amazing because I have a uh, comedian friend of mine back in Calgary and he started magic as well so it seems like that that is a path for a lot of people because you're already performing mm-hmm. you need some showmanship you need and comedy is like just can be intrinsically woven into it like it's yeah. like it's there's there's always a comedy element into, to most magicians acts anyway so it's almost like it's not that far of a reach, right? No, it isn't. It is weird. Like, there's de- definitely big differences in the world of uh, magic because, like, it's like definitely treated like more of a craft in terms of like you. There are certain things you learn. Like, it's the equivalent of like, okay, you want to be a comedian. Well, then you have to learn how to do that George Carlin bit. Right. Like, go do it on stage. Whereas, obviously, it's not like that. You have to be original right out of the gate and fully like. You know, so that's a that's one of the big differences. But in terms of like the lifestyle and the like, yeah, trying to put together your act and stuff, it's kind of it's yeah. There's a lot of is also is your is that friend Donovan Deschner? It is Donovan Deschner. Donovan Deschner, I love, and actually, weirdly, he was a guy who helped me get into comedy. Get out of here! Yeah, because um, I don't know, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but it was like a friend of a friend or something, like a family member like said oh this is like you should email this guy and so i like i emailed not knowing him at all and it like explained like oh i've been doing magic but i want to do comedy and kind of do you have any advice and he gave me such good advice like wrote like this this is some kid he didn't know he wrote like this whole huge email with like basically divulged the inside world of stand-up comedy to me and like right out of the gate gave me like such a good uh um little roadmap yeah that is, isn't that important to have? Shout out to Donovan Deschner there, good dude. Yeah, look him up if you can. If and really funny and funny dude. Uh, he oh, Donovan opens for me a lot when I'm on the road, so we've we've spent like lots of time together over the That's years. That's awesome. And um, but isn't it so important when you're starting out or looking to start to find someone who is a good kind of like a true north or a good beacon in terms of like direction? Because you could have easily reached out to someone. Who was not as nice, who could have given you the worst advice. You know what I mean? Like, let me tell you about drugs, kid. Oh, you're like, that's what? so true. Right? But you just happen to pick that person and you're like, this person laid it out for you. They were honest. They were, their intentions were pure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How badly it could have went the other way? I've never considered that. Oh, my <laughs> God. I think about, like, my... My equivalent to that is I was in, already doing stand-up, mm-hmm. but I did a horrible, horrible road gig in a place called Fairview, Alberta, which was notoriously known as the worst Yuck Yucks gig ever. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. I'm opening for Jocko Alston. We drive up there. It's like middle of either December or January. It's minus 35. It's like, dude, like eight, nine hours from Calgary on treacherous roads. Anyway, get there. I eat it so bad. Like I've, this is my first time on the road. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I've just played the club in Calgary, which is like sold out every night, and you just yeah. sit on your home stage and you feel comfortable. I go there. There's four people who are there to play VLT machines, <laughs> who are now those been shut off because there's a comedy <laughs> show, and you're gonna turn around and watch the comedy show, and they're just angry that you've ruined their night. So I'm up there, dude, and I eat it. And then Jocko (laughs) goes up and somehow engages with them and does a full 45 or an hour Mm -hmm. and gets them laughing, whatever. And I went, oh, my God, like, that's the difference. Like, that's why you're a headliner and I'm not. 
But then on the drive home, he was just so positive. And he was like, you know, we're, we were singing songs in the car or whatever. And I wanted to get back on stage once we got back to Calgary, which was like a Saturday night or something, yeah. or Friday night. I was like, I wanted to get a guest spot again tonight. If I just left with the feeling of bombing, I would have been like, maybe, you know, maybe I don't go into continuing yeah. stand-up. Maybe I'm like, all this travel, shit money, horrible experience on stage. Comic wow. I went with was like a dick and not nice to me and then shit yeah. on me the whole time. Maybe my the whole trajectory of my career goes somewhere different. You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like so those people you meet early, I find are so influential. Like you need to meet the good people. That is so true. I mean, like I I feel like I've been pretty lucky early on and like I I, I feel like there are a lot of dicks in stand-up comedy, but I it seems like I've been lucky to have like only kind of good people around. Like, cause starting out in Hamilton, it was like Manola Santanos. Do you know yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just like one of the funniest people in the world and also one of the most pure, like kind human beings in the world. Yeah. He like just truly will go out of his way to help almost anybody. Yes. He's just, so that was amazing. And then, yeah, there's just kind of always been good people around. And even now, like with 22 Minutes, like I feel like it's just only positive. Yeah. You know, I think when and- people love what they do, I mean, any energy is contagious, I think. But like when you're around people who really love what they do and they're in it for the right reasons, like that's just great to be around. Yeah. You know, and when you meet comedians who are like, no, man, I love this job. It's the best job in the world. Here's why. Like that's contagious and you want to be around those people. Mm-hmm. Now, the opposites exist as well you know, who are bitter and whatever and hard done by and they're the victim of whatever. Mm-hmm. So I try to limit myself from those people. Pete Holmes calls it um, comedy cancer. He's like when you're around Ooh. comedians who sit in the back of the room and they bitch and moan about other comics and why they're not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. He's like, you want to avoid hanging out with those people because it's contagious and you will you Man. become that as well. Yeah, it is. That is true because there are times where like, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've like done a string of gigs or whatever with a comic like that. And you, you kind of, even if you're like trying to be consciously aware of it, you can slip into it so quick. Like how, especially how much comics bond over trash talking, which can be super fun and funny, you know, but it also can, yeah, it can poison your brain a little bit and just start, if you it starts to become the lens that you look at everything through. Yeah. Like as if, cause it always comes across to me as like, Oh, you're better than everybody else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why I hate when you see a new comic on stage, it's like either their first time or they're really new at it. And comics are in the back, like making fun of them. I'm like, that was all of us. Like, yeah, you're yeah, just doing that cause it makes you. you feel superior right now. But like, and usually I'm like, that was literally you six months ago. Like you've yeah. only been in the game six months. And you're making fun of this girl up there. Cause she's <laughs> doesn't know how to move the mic stand. It's like, Shut up, like, yeah. you know. But they feel superior, and that allows them to have some some leverage and cachet over somebody else in that moment. Yeah, you know, uh, like one piece of advice that uh, uh, Doug Stanhope gave me, like uh, when I my my dad like got tickets for us to go uh, see one of his shows in the states. It was like one of the few shows I could get into because Doug Stanhope is my favorite. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so at one point, my dad bought tickets, and we did him and I like drove down and did a road trip and ended up getting to like bump into him after the show just on the street and oh wow he, uh i was like this is super nervous like i've been doing stand-up for about a year or something and was like d- didn't know what to say to him but was just kind of like guys uh, i like you're my favorite and is there any advice you have and his advice was like don't take advice like if you if something makes sense to you intuitively 
that's great. And, and then, of course, do it and try it out. But generally, anytime people give you advice or if they say there are rules to comedy or if they critique something about another comic, they're just justifying what, they do. what they've done. Yes. And that, I think, that advice is so great. And I think it, like when, yeah, exactly, when a comic is making fun of what some other new comic is doing, it's like you're just trying to feel more like you're a comic. Yes. Yes. Well, you see it now, like when, uh, you know, comics go with a guitar and someone's like, oh, he's going to play yeah. a guitar. It's like... So that means you don't play a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I, I didn't need to know. Like, I just yeah. know you don't play a guitar and you're against it and you're a traditionalist and it's, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's an easy way to get an applause. And it's like, okay, well, show us the hard way to get an applause. Yeah. yeah do I it. haven't counted one yeah, in yeah. your act. Like, what is it that, I think it all, you're right, it all comes out of insecurity, like in yourself, I think, when you're always kind of lashing out at, you know, at other comics or whatever. Um, so what was the scene like? Was your first time on stage in Hamilton? Uh, yeah. So you went to like a Yuck Yucks in Hamilton? Is that where you went? Yep. Um, uh, you, actually, you... not even. It was a, there, there was a Yuck Yucks open mic, but then there was like, it was just some random oh, okay. like, open mic that my friend Pat Coppolino put on. And... Oh, wow. Okay. So you didn't know somebody, at least somebody there and kind of. Well, I didn't actually. Like, he's my friend now, but oh. at the time it was like just my, <laughs> my mom actually. <laughs> found it in like the newspaper or something like comedy open mic and she i think she emailed <laughs> i i think she i love emailed. that it was in the paper and she's like circling it like that's how far back we're going here like <laughs> oh look mace look what i found i'll put it on the fridge it's like just just did you check out that comedy thing i put on the fridge like that's that like, just like that's how far back that's amazing yeah oh, she sounds sweet oh um, yeah she's so you sweetest. go to this open mic and uh you must you walk in i'm assuming terrified yeah 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 like what is this what am i doing yeah it was like uh, in downtown hamilton and and my family came which I was like nervous about. Was that now? And did that did that add more pressure? Yeah, I'm assuming it does. Oh well, especially because then when we got there, there was like nobody else there. Just your family. There was like a smattering of like like there was a table of like a couple guys, and then maybe maybe three other people in the room that were there not to do comedy. Right. And so it's just the table of like. I think we've got sisters, seats for you, dad, I think we've got seats, folks. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And. Yeah, that definitely made it more nerve-wracking. Yeah, so then you go up. Now, first set, how'd it go? Bad, but in my head, good. Like, if you watch the tape, it's absolutely a bomb. Like, one, not a, not a single laugh, I don't think. Maybe one, like, titter, but it was better than I thought it would go because like I just didn't even think I'd be able to get through it and right. like such a I was such a shy like nervous kid so I was like just really I didn't think I would be able to get through it and enjoy it and because I did that made it feel like a triumph right. so I was like feeling very good about it but and I think maybe I thought it went better than it did but I don't even think that because I was like it, I could you know I had the tape I was like well all of that didn't get laughs, but it just felt good. So it, it like felt so good, but did not go well. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting too, because isn't that really what everyone's going for is just that feeling of like, wow, I, I had built this thing up and put it on a pedestal. Then you do it. You get through it. You survive it. Yeah. It wasn't fatal. It wasn't like, oh yeah. God, I didn't even do that well, but st I lived like you yeah. need that validation for sure. Um, 
and then you have data to now go on to your next set. You're like, okay, like, and now you're not quite as nervous the second time because you've at least got this first one out of the way. You yeah, know? yeah. You're nervous, but you're also like optimistic. You're like, yes. okay, okay. If the, the the horrible things that I thought would happen didn't happen, what are the good things that can happen? Exactly. And, What's on the other side of this wall? Yeah. Yeah. And I got heckled uh, on that first show by Family my member? mom. By your mom. Mm-hmm. Your mom. Yeah. Heckled you on your first show yep. that she also ripped out of the paper <laughs> and told you to go to. Now, was this her way of like, he's done some stuff to me over the years. I got to kind of like, kind of, kind of like slyly get an opportunity. Like, oh, I know he, he's always mentioned this comedy thing. I'll find something in the paper. I'll get him to go to it and then I'll go down to it and heckle him as one of the eight people. In the crowd? Are you serious? What did she yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I had some joke about like waxing. I don't know hair removal or something. And then I I said about uh, it was like about oh, oh god, it's such a it's embarrassing to like go back to like what you first thought was a joke. <laughs> yes, but it was like about how like I'm. I want to grow hair on my body. And then all these adults are waxing their hair off. And my dad shaves, my mom waxes or something like that. And then she goes, sugaring. <laughs> I sugar. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how I addressed it. I don't even think I did. I think I just corrected. I was like, okay, sugaring then. That's such a mom like, thing to do. Like, oh, he's, he said the wrong thing there. Sugaring dear. Yeah. It's sugaring. I don't actually wax. I, I sugar. Like that was relevant to her in that moment. Yeah. Like, it does not affect the joke at all. Yeah. Mom, not helping, not helping right now. Really trying to tackle a lifelong dream and fear at the same time. Could really, really appreciate your silence in this moment. We will discuss this in the car on the way home. Sugaring, dear. Okay, thank you. Oh, that's so funny, dude. It's such a mom thing to do. Like, yeah. Just like, just trying to support you. Just want to make sure you've got the facts straight. Yeah, for uh, sure. That's hilarious. So the, the most kind-hearted heckling. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just correct you on that. Yeah, That's so amazing. Um, so, what was the scene like in Hamilton? So, you get in, you get a taste of it. Clearly, you have a passion for it. You get hooked on it. Walk me through what happens after that. Like, what what is your road? What's the scene like there? Who are you mm-hmm. kind of banging around with? What mm-hmm. happens after that? Yeah, it's just it was like luckily a really good scene for a small scene. Like. Uh, it was a, not a lot of comics, but they were like, so uh, Manola Santanos, Patrick Coppolino were the two that were out every single night and trying to get shows started. Donnie Coy right. is also uh, from Hamilton, and, and he had a show, an open mic on a Hooters patio mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. would do in the summers, and uh, uh, that was every week. So there was like not a lot of shows, but about four, I would say, every week that you could do. And then there was a Yuck Yucks in town. And so there, I would like, yeah, I was just kind of going out to these like crappy bars every night and, uh, and yeah, like it was just, a. uh, everybody was so, uh, supportive and then also genuinely trying to like do new material and work on stuff. And, and it, it, it just felt like very, uh, creatively, 
uh, fulfilling, like to watch what your friends are doing and see them trying to build new material and stuff and being like, okay, so what am I bringing to the table tonight? And you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, cause I've said this before in the podcast, but I look back on my early years, the same way where I go, like you're hanging around with this new group of people. Everyone also, I felt like a lot of other things in my life made sense in that moment because mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you all think like I do. Yeah. It was my first time meeting people yeah. who were like, oh, I'm a comedian and I'm going to be a comedian. And yeah. I, this is what my day looks like and this is how I look at the world. And I'm like, when you surround yourself with people of a similar mindset, your life makes sense then. You know, and yeah. you're also, they're creating every day. You're encouraged to create every day. Mm-hmm. And so I felt really at home, like, because I, I started in Calgary, <clears throat> not in Newfoundland. So when I moved to Calgary, I was like, wow, new city. Like, I got to start going to try stand up for the first time. But yeah. there was that sense of like, oh, there's people like me in the world. That's, it, yeah, it's weird because like being so shy up to that point and then like uh, you, I always looked to like anybody that was kind of performing in any capacity, especially comics because they're making a room full of people laugh and whatever. It seems like, oh, they're so much, so different yes. for me. Like I spent all day in my head and quiet and then how could I ever make the jump to going and doing that? But then you start it and you realize like, oh, most of these people are the same. Like they throughout their day are like, they have this inner life going on that they're, you know, kind of, yeah, either making fun of things or just they feel uncomfortable. Like that's a lot of it is feeling like out of place or uncomfortable. And then you can reconcile all of that on stage and just kind of open it up and be vulnerable. Yeah, you're right. Feeling like the outsider, I think, is a common thread that runs through most comedians. Like in some way, shape or form in their life, they felt like they were on the outside looking Mm -hmm. in. And this is a way to kind of process that in some way, you know? Yeah. Because you look at it through that comedic lens and allows you to, yeah, yeah, I think you're totally right. Like and so Hamilton as a city, I was only there once when I was a kid. I was there for a soccer tournament. Oh, really? What was yeah? What was Hamilton like as a city? Kind of you know growing up. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's a it's I've always liked it. Like right. I, it's I, home. It's home. Yeah, it's it's hard to even like. I I love that. Uh, so it in, takes the reason why I ask is yeah. It it takes. I mean, it takes a lot of shit from people. They it does. Like, oh, Hamilton. It's a joke. It's a punchline. Whatever. The, yeah. You know, the hammer. Whatever. But I'm like, for someone who is a native, like from Hamilton, yeah. like what is what is it like there? It, I love it. It is like there are certain things that it, I understand why it has a reputation for. Like it is, you know, like most people make fun of the smell or whatever, and it's like, yeah, there's factories there. There's steel factories, but like there's two areas of hamilton basically there's uh on the mountain and uh downtown and uh, or down the mountain up the mountain down the mountain the mountain is a escarpment which means that it's not actually an ama- a mountain it's not higher it's that the other part is lower <laughs> so there's basically the mountain and the hole okay hamilton all right and is kind of in a hole and, okay but it's the hole is great it's a great hole if you're gonna Holes are great. Spend time in one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you get to live in one. And it's like very, like there's a huge uh, arts scene and like music is really big in Hamilton. Like just like local bands that have like a almost celebrity status. Right. And uh, um, just like a really, it feels very um, like, like people are very supportive of creativity even. And uh, so I think that that 
is something that's special about Hamilton. And the fact that it has that reputation of being the city everybody shits on kind of makes everybody seem to band together. And there's this pride of like, yeah, yeah. no, Hamilton's awesome. Like yeah. we, we have good stuff here. And now it's even changed a lot because there's like a bunch of people moving from Toronto because it's more affordable. But luckily those are people that I, I think seem to have uh, am creative ambitions. So it's almost even more blossoming into this like creative right. city. Cause you're, you're attracting creatives from other parts of the country yeah. and from Toronto specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really cool. So what is up next for you? So now, you know, you're writing on 22 right now, you've got your stand up career going. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? That's a good question that I think taking the break in the summer has kind of uh, made me step back and like analyze a little bit because I, so I, I don't really know exactly right now, which I, I feel like is kind of good. I, on one hand, it's a little uh, scary because like I, I just, I don't have an answer to it yet, but at the same time, I'm like kind of just only doing the things that feel fun like the things I'm being drawn like there's so many things in comedy that I feel like you're kind of supposed to do or that you're supposed to be good at and I feel like I'm trying to just like get rid of all the ideas of like what you're told you're supposed to think and believe or do in stand-up comedy and just like find what is the most fun for me and right now I think that's like I've loved uh the idea of like putting together albums and I put together one and like that felt fun that felt creatively mm -hmm. fulfilling to like put that out and be like there's that chunk that i yep. worked on and so i kind of wanted i have a new chunk that is not uh you know ready to be recorded but like that i'm starting to like how it's coming together and cool like i love i've always loved albums so i like that and yeah i mean that's k kind of it right now but in you, you know it's weird because like sophie is so ambitious and has like really um like you know loves writing for tv and wants to wants to write her own show and stuff right. like that and and uh wants to like you know do, has all these ideas of things to do and and will absolutely do all of them like mm -hmm. i have no doubt about it you know but i don't really know i only kind of have like a couple things that i'm like those seem like they'd be fun to do right and beyond that i don't know yeah what, i kind of describe it as sometimes stand up comedy can be like um you walk into a building and it's got a bunch of rooms in it. And so you go into the first room. You don't know what's behind that door, but you really, you really want to open that door up. And you open the door up. And you're like, yeah, I really like this room. You stay in that room for a while. And yeah. you're like, oh, there's some other doors that lead yeah. to other rooms. <laughs> uh, that door. I'm going to go to that one. And like, so that's kind of how your career evolves where you don't, you kind of can't quite see the end or what the stages are. You just know the next step and the next step. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. I don't know. I, like, I that's kind of how I've looked at it. Like, I, I have just sort of let whatever comes come, like, in, in terms of a career. But, but at the same time, like, then there are some people that have, like, such a clear vision. And you see that. And that often is, like, really great. And they, they – I, so I don't know the balance of, like, knowing what – like, how much you should know what you're aiming for. Versus being a little bit open to whatever opportunities yes. pop up. I don't know. What do you? What is your? Well, I think it's that, that balance because um, I've always struggled with that. Of like, okay, I need to have some direction and some goals. Right. But at the same time, I also realize a phone call or email could change my life. 
Yeah. At any moment. Yeah. You get a phone call tomorrow from whoever and it's like, Mace, we want you to do this or we we need you to audition for whatever. Like quickly life can change in this world. So you have to be open to being agile enough and flexible enough to roll with that. But I think still having your own agenda as to what you want to accomplish is also important because you don't know when those things are going to come or totally. if they're going to come. So you need to have something that kind of pulls the cart along yeah. for as long as you can. At least you're driving that thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's a good, that's a, yeah, good way to phrase it. I mean, it, it was weird because 22 minutes was totally that, like, out of nowhere. Like, right. we didn't submit or anything. Right. Just, I guess, uh, yep, Peter, who was the producer last year, saw our stand-up or something. And then yeah. made an offer. and Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, that would be awesome, I guess. Let's do that. Let's do that. But, now yeah. I live in Halifax half <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, we're talking not just, you know, oh, you get a weekend at a club. We're talking like, no, no, you don't live here anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live in another city for half the year, and you have this job now. Like, yeah. we're talking, like, seismic shifts in yeah. life. Like, we'll that can you, happen. Yeah, literally, like, telling you where physically to live like in an apartment this is your home now you live you're here put now. in this box and you walk to this place to work and this is your desk this is your hours and this yeah. is what you're gonna do and you're right like suddenly yeah and i think comedians have to have that mindset of like that's just how things happen and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a lesser extent like you know when you're a comedian sometimes you could have got a phone call like hey may so-and-so sick can you go to for toronto sure. this weekend and cover for so-and-so like that was just our lives, this ability to just drop whatever you're doing yeah. and go do this thing now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That wasn't on the that wasn't on the books at all. You're like, uh yeah, okay. Click yeah. and now you're in a car driving to Toronto. Yeah. You know? And that's not everybody. That's what I realized. Like, as much as the talent is important, mm-hmm. that um ability to just roll with stuff and to just adjust mm-hmm. on the fly is very much as important to be a comedian i think that's a really good point yeah you know, yeah that ability all right we're gonna end off on this um and i've asked this question to most of my guests not all but most okay what is a misperception that people have about you and what is the actual reality oh man uh <laughs> that's a very good question uh, it's hard to say because I feel like uh, sometimes I'm too on brand. Like so- sometimes people make guesses about me that turn out to be correct. Like like I the other day in the office, I was like, I'm going to go down for a coffee. Does anybody want anything? And then I, someone very innocently, I think it was like Jordan was like, coffee? And I was like, all right, it's a hot chocolate, but <laughs> like I got called out for it, and I wasn't even trying. I was just like, "What's the easiest way to say this?" Co- it's what everybody says: going yeah, for like a coffee. A, yeah. Okay. And so I got called out. So like, I kind of am just like, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of misperceptions. I feel like people nail it. <laughs> kind of. Uh, what is a mis misconception? Um, that's a really tough one. Uh I don't, I, this is, oh man, I don't, I've never been stumped like this. Actually, that's not true. I get stumped a lot. <laughs> I'll reframe it. Okay. Uh, because it, this got asked to me at a job interview. Yeah. So that's why I brought the question up. Like when I, a job that I had years and years ago, because like something that someone said to you, like, dude, before I met you, I thought blah, 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 right. but turns out 
I didn't realize that what, you know, like, and I, cause I used to get, oh, I thought you were always on comedically. Like I thought you were always right. like, uh, they didn't know I had a serious side. So when they met me for real, they're like, well, didn't, didn't see that. I didn't know that you were that guy too. I thought you were just like, Hey everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like, oh, so now what it did in the job interview, which was why it was a great question. Yeah. The very thing that I said, my answer to the question that they'd asked yeah. was exactly what they were, they'd been thinking. So when they asked ah. me like, well, people quite often think I'm really silly, but in reality I can be very serious. She later revealed to me, like she goes, that's exactly what we were thinking at the time. We thought you were like, oh, okay, you're funny and you have this bigger personality. Wow. We don't know if you also have that other gear of being more reserved because that was what was required for the job. We need both. We don't need just, hey, you know what I mean? Because you're going to be working with yeah. kids and whatever. So I went, wow, what an amazing question. Because I thought, well, what, what are those for other people? I wonder, like, what, what has been the misperceptions that people have had about them? Uh, I think, I, I mean, the closest thing to, I think I'm pretty... Uh, transparent like i think what you i i I don't uh i'm i don't know i think the one thing that people are sometimes surprised to find out is that like people will uh, will guess that i was like a good student and i was not i was a terrible this is it feels like a cop-out because it's in the past no no i would that that is that's interesting to me yeah i could not do schoolwork i couldn't focus i couldn't do i never did homework i got i would always get in trouble i i didn't get in trouble for anything like drugs or nothing serious but the teachers were always like threatening to email my parents and often calling them and being like he just won't <laughs> do anything i just couldn't do anything he won't do anything <laughs> like literally he- <laughs> Nothing. We can't get him to do anything. He won't. That's amazing. Now, I would not have predicted that. I would have yeah. thought you would have been quite studious and quite learned. Yeah. And quite uh, engaged in your studies. So I, that's, yeah, I would I, not know that. I'm just so absent-minded. Like, I'll just so often be, like, off on something in my own head that is, like, not important or relevant and totally i'm like i'm not i'm not in the room that i am in i'm like thinking about this other thing isn't that a common thread too though i think of a lot of comedians yeah that inability to just be present i think sometimes because we our minds just float off into the ether like yeah oh i what about this and this idea is it add i don't know well that's the weird part is that it's not even like a because like maybe it is some form of it but like usually and I don't know much about ADHD, but it seems like there's like a distractibility thing. But it's like, oh, it's focused. It's just focused on this other thing <laughs> right. that could not be less relevant to what's going on here. Yeah. And but, I, I attribute it too to, I think, when you're creative, like if something doesn't hook you emotionally, yeah. you have zero interest in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's literally like you ever go to a bank and this guy's talking to you about like interest rates and I literally, his lips are moving and I'm like, Looking over the top of his head, like, what am I having for supper tonight? Yeah, I don't know, chicken. I had chicken yesterday. Like, this guy's giving me this information. He's gonna change my life. And I'm like, shake and bake's still good. I like shake and bake. I think shake and bake would be good. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, you're right. I'm focused. Just now focused on interest rates right now. Or so I'm like, is that everybody? I'm like, is that everybody? Or is that just this guy in this body right now? You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, well, dude, thanks so much for doing this, man. It was a Awesome, awesome conversation. Awesome time. This is awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Sweet.
Well, that was a fun one with Mace. Uh, really grateful for him to stop and by here and uh, and sitting down with me and having a a great conversation. And um, yeah, I hope uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. And there are going to be more coming down the pike. So keep listening. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a review on the old iTunes. And uh, thanks to the folks who've been reaching out and dropping me a line. Let me know how much they enjoy the podcast. Um, if you have any feedback at all, you can email me at Trent at Trent'sComedy.com and uh, I will get back to you if you respond. I'm busy, but I will I will get back to you. And um, you can follow me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. I'm even on LinkedIn, people, okay? That's how mature and professional I'm getting. I'm getting on LinkedIn. And I'm kind of excited. Um, I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I'm going to do my first keynote speech um, coming up uh, this coming weekend, and I'm I'm pretty excited to do that because I something I've wanted to do for quite a, quite some time, and kind of just share my a little bit about my life and about my kind of approach to things and my philosophy on I guess on kind of life and going after stuff. And uh, I'm going to get to do that this weekend, so I'm really excited to do that. And uh, I will let you know how it goes. But also, I appreciate your support, every single one of you, um, all the follows on social media, sharing videos, all the kind words. Um, I see them all or hear them all, so I really, really appreciate it. Hope you have a fantastic week. Do that thing you're afraid of doing. You can do it. You can survive the consequences of it. Um, Step into it. And uh, either way, you're going to know. Whatever it is, whether you fail or you succeed, you're going to have data. You're going to have information to to take the next step. So just a matter of not overthinking it. Go for it. If you want to start a podcast, if you want to try stand-up, if you want to open up a business, if you want to leave your job and do something else, you got to listen to your gut and follow that. I think that's really, really important. And uh, not overthink it and, and, and really just follow your intuition and trust that. And I think when you do that, good things happen. Maybe not right away, but ultimately down the road, good things happen. So uh, learn to trust that. It's really important. All right. Have a fantastic week. Uh, again, I always appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the, uh, on the next episode of The Generators.